Welcome to the Senedd Podcast. These are the First Minister's Questions. Thank you for listening. I call the members to order and the first item on our agenda today is questions to the First Minister and the first question is from Vicky Howells. Will the First Minister provide an update on NHS recruitment in Wales? Uh, so with NHS organisations continue to recruit staff from within the United Kingdom and from overseas with record levels of investment in health, professional, education and training. As a result, there are now more doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals working in the NHS in Wales than at any previous time. Uh, thank you, First Minister, for your answer. There are currently over a thousand uh, vacant A&E consultant posts across England and Wales. Now, this is a concern for all of us, of course, but particularly in my local health board area of Camtaf Morganog, where the ability to recruit consultants to the Royal Glamorgan Hospital, um, or inability, I should say, has left that A&E department um, under threat of reduced opening hours or even closure. And that's of considerable concern to my constituents um, in normal times, but especially now during the coronavirus outbreak. What reassurance can you provide that the Welsh Government is doing all that it can to recruit A&E consultants in this very difficult and competitive jobs market? Uh, well, so if, uh, the member is absolutely right to say that uh, the recruitment of A&E consultants uh, is competitive right across the United Kingdom, and there are vacancies uh, in every one of the four home nations. Uh, nonetheless, the number of A&E consultants working in the Welsh NHS has more than doubled over the last decade. And that uh, suggests that despite the very real challenges, uh, there has been some success in the recruitment efforts of individual health boards and in the efforts that are being made to grow our own pipeline of doctors coming through the system who will be the consultants uh, of the future. Uh, my colleague Vaughan Gethin uh, has decided that the Train, Work, Live campaign, which has been very successful in uh, recruitment uh, to the Welsh NHS, will have a particular focus on the recruitment of emergency medicine staff uh, over the year ahead, and that will reinforce the efforts that health boards themselves are making to recruit to vacancies. Angela Burns. Thank you, uh, Presiding Officer. And I'd like to just take a tiny liberty with this question, if I may, First Minister, and start off by extending my heartfelt thanks, and I'm sure the thanks of all of us, to our NHS and social yeah, care yeah, staff yeah, yeah, yeah. who know that they're about to face the battle of their lives on our behalf, and they are, they are doing so. Yeah. Um, and I'm very grateful for all that they have done and will do. <clears throat> And uh, again, slight liberty with the word recruitment, because, of course, I'd like to talk about um, the staff and the, the help that we need now facing the coronavirus. And I just wondered if you could tell us whether you know, we've made much about perhaps recruiting or re-recruiting back into the workforce people who've just left us, just retired. Um, and I wondered if you might be able to give us any update on whether you've had thoughts about approaching final year medical students, final year nursing students, and they're obviously their representative bodies, uh, because these people will be very au fait with current policy. They'll certainly be very, very adept at you know, doing ventilators, respiratory work, and all the rest of it, and seeing if perhaps with their goodwill 
and obviously you know the right conditions we might be able to recruit them into um, helping to supplement our current workforce oh well thank uh, angela burns for both the points she's uh, made she's absolutely right that staff in our health and social care uh, sectors know that they face an enormous challenge over the weeks uh, ahead one of the reasons why we announced on friday of last week that we were going to uh, remove some of the obligations on general practitioners to carry out routine uh, screening and monitoring appointments to reduce the number of routine appointments in outpatients uh, as well as freeing up capacity to see other patients with more urgent needs uh, those actions were also designed to free up the time of uh, clinicians who will need retraining in the workplace to uh, be able to deal with the urgent problems they will now uh, face. Uh, as far as um, final year students in medicine and in nursing are concerned, we are engaged with our UK colleagues uh, on that agenda. It's one of those things where I think, if at all possible, we should uh, move together on it because there will be Royal College considerations, there will be licensing considerations, and we need to make sure that those um, relatively technical but quite important if you're a practicing clinician uh, to know that you're protected in the decisions you make that we resolve those uh, problems on a UK basis to make the very most of as Angela Burns has said people who are just completing their training and very well equipped in the right circumstances to step in and assist question die question to Alan Davis Will the First Minister make a statement on the Welsh Government's strategic vision for economic development in the Heads of the Valleys? Uh, thank the Member for that question, Chloe. The Welsh Government's strategy for economic development in the Heads of the Valleys focuses on investment in places, people and in infrastructure. In that way, we support new jobs in industries of the future in which improved productivity feeds prosperity in that part of Wales. I recognise, First Minister, that um, the work of the Welsh Government is currently focused on the coronavirus and the impact that's having on people across the whole of the country. And I think many people um, are grateful to you for your leadership in addressing these matters. But in terms of, where, uh, of the wider economic issues, uh, I had an excellent meeting uh, last week uh, with the um, Minister for the Economy and Transport, where we discussed um, the opportunities that are there across the whole of the heads of the valleys and where we're able to um, target investment in ensuring that we have the economic infrastructure to sustain employment and uh, industrial activity um, into the future. Um, clearly, all our minds are on other matters at the moment, but could you, uh, First Minister, outline your vision for how we can ensure that when we get in the country back on its feet again, after this crisis, but we will continue to invest in areas such as the Heads or Valleys, and that that investment will continue post the crisis that we're currently facing. Uh, well, I thank Alan Davis uh, for that. Of course, he is right that we are focused uh, relentlessly on the challenge that is immediately in front of us, but there will be a future uh, for Wales and for the United Kingdom, the other side of coronavirus, and we have to continue uh, to do what we can to make sure that 
the opportunities that we need for the future are still being thought about, still being promoted where we are able to do that, and to thank uh, the member for Blyna Gwent for coming to that meeting last week and to contributing to the pool of ideas that we will need to make sure that the economy of the Heads of the Valleys area in Wales is as equipped as it can be to meet the opportunities that the future will bring. That's why in the strategy that we are pursuing, we continue to attract cutting-edge technology companies to that part of Wales, but also to focus on existing local businesses, helping them to apply new technologies and processes to improve productivity, to develop higher-value products, uh, and to diversify their consumer base. And there is a very specific piece of work that the Welsh Government wants to continue to do with our partners uh, in that part of Wales to increase productivity in those Indigenous businesses. And that's why we are working with Blaina Gwent, uh, County Borough Council, colleague Gwent and Cardiff University to translate into the workplace the ideas we know are there and which can make those firms more productive and therefore better able to take advantage of future economic opportunities. And even in the difficult uh, days ahead, uh, I know that there are very dedicated people in that part of Wales who will want to continue their efforts in that direction. Andrew R.T. Davis. Uh, thank you, uh, Presiding Officer. Under the current circumstances, it's right and proper that the government's efforts are focused solely on the coronavirus and the support that can be given both in the health field but in the economy as well. Uh, meeting uh, businesses in my own region yesterday, along with the constituency member for the Vale of the Morgan, information obviously is the gold dust that those businesses are crying out for. And I welcome the support that the ministers put on the table around business rates today. But the caveat around that support was more information information will be coming, how it will be delivered into businesses. Can you give us a timeline when that support might be made available to businesses and the mechanism it will be delivered in? Because, as I said, this isn't a criticism, this is a plea from the meeting that we held yesterday, that the goal dust that businesses require at the moment to make informed choices about employment status of employees and the direction of their businesses is how that support and when that support will be available. Well, thank Andrew Archie Davis. Uh, for that, and I heard indeed from my colleague Jane Hutt of the meeting uh, that she and he attended in Cowbridge uh, yesterday. What yesterday's announcement makes clear, Llawydd, is that every penny that has come to Wales uh, through the UK Government for business support will be spent for those purposes here uh, in Wales. We took a major decision uh, in relation to uh, business rate relief, and that has taken the bulk of the money uh, that has come to Wales. We remain in discussion with the Treasury about the use of the Barnet formula uh, as the way to distribute that resource across the United Kingdom, because we have more than uh, the ordinary share of small businesses in particular uh, in Wales, uh, and we are putting the argument to the Treasury uh, that the way that funding is distributed should reflect the realities of need on the ground rather than a formula which everybody uh, is agreed is long past uh, its uh, um, effective use. Um, what we have left out of the sum of money that came in the budget when we made the decisions on business rate relief is just over £100 million. Uh, 
Uh, we hope that some will go up as a result of our discussions with the Treasury. But we are in discussions this week uh, with businesses, my colleague Ken Skates, uh, particularly meeting the CBI, the FSB, the Institute of Directors, the Chambers of Commerce, Road Haulage Association and so on, in order to get a strong sense from them about the most effective way in which that £100 million can be uh, deployed. Uh, if there is no further money, we will make uh, decisions about the deployment of the £100 million as fast as we can. We thought it was right to make sure that the voice of businesses is directly put to us so that if there are better ideas than the ones we already have uh, in the mix, that we learn them from them, make the decisions thereafter, get the money from us into the hands of people who need it. Questions now from party leaders on behalf of the leader of Plaid Cymru, Rina Bjorwerth. Thank you very much. On record, Plaid Cymru's gratitude to um, uh, frontline workers in the health and care sector and elsewhere for their work at this uh, challenging time. Can I also thank those who are working within their community, setting up community uh, groups and helping uh, some of the most vulnerable people living uh, among us. They should be supported in that work. Uh, thank you. Um, First Minister Plaid Cymru supports the strengthened guidelines which were announced uh, yesterday. We've called for firmer measures. We'll work with you uh, at these unprecedented times. But it is, of course, uh, important that we continue to scrutinise uh, the Welsh Government's uh, approach. In that spirit, can you give um, clear guidance, firstly on testing policy? Will you commit to follow the World Health Organization's guidance on the importance of testing more uh, in order to break the chains of infection, which it uh, refers to as the backbone of the response? And can you give concrete assurances to increase testing capacity with real urgency to ensure that key workers, in particular uh, health and care workers, but also others offering vital public services are able to avoid having to take time off work unnecessarily. Uh, well, thank uh, Rina Bureth, uh for that, and thank you uh, to him and to Adam Price for their participation in discussions on uh, this yesterday. Uh, as far as testing policy is concerned, the advice that I have to follow is the advice provided to me by the Chief Medical Officer of Wales and those uh, representatives from Wales who sit on the scientific advisory uh, group. There are many different views. I understand that. There are many serious scientists who have nuanced views on testing policy. I cannot pick and choose between different views that are there uh, in the uh, in the mix on this matter. I have to rely uh, on those people who are employed uh, to provide the Welsh Government with the most expert advice they are able to provide and who have a fine-grained understanding of the circumstances here in Wales. Uh, their advice yesterday, it was the advice of other Chief Medical Officers as well, is that this is not the point in the progress of the disease where using considerable resources for mass testing is the most effective way of putting safeguards uh, in place. Now, other people may disagree. I understand that. But what I am saying is, is that I don't have a choice but to follow the advice of those people who we employ to advise us. Uh, if I move away from that, uh, then the rock on which the advice that I provide to people 
in Wales until the health service has been kicked away uh, from under us, and I will not do that. Uh, their advice is under development. Sage was talking about this matter again today. And if that advice uh, changes in view of uh, further evidence and further debate inside the expert community, then, of course, we will follow that changing advice. But as of yesterday, the advice was clear, and I will follow that advice in Wales. As far as key workers are concerned, uh, I know that uh, the member will be aware that we are making an announcement today about testing key clinical workers uh, in order to facilitate their return as rapidly as possible to uh, the workplace. Uh, we will identify those groups of clinical workers who are able to do that with immediately, and then there will be uh, an increase in capacity so that we can bring more key workers within that testing uh, regime. Um, Dioch, I recognise certainly the role played by, by SAGE, but I would appeal uh, for the recognition of particular Welsh demographic um, factors when it comes to measuring uh, the need uh, here in Wales. To perhaps one of the big unanswered questions now, it looks increasingly like, uh, likely that school closures is now a matter of when, uh, not if. For teachers and parents, the question of when obviously is very, very important. It would have been good to have a statement from the Education Minister today, but in the absence of that and the Head of Ministerial Questions on Education tomorrow, can I ask you to uh, clarify a number of issues? Is it the working assumption now that schools will close sometime before uh, the Easter break or afterwards? Can you give statutory guidance in order to assist those who may be in a position to voluntarily keep their children away from school now or who may feel compelled uh, to do so, that these are not recorded as absences? How will Welsh Government uh, support pupils who will receive uh, free school meals? And crucially, when? Uh, schools close, what provision will be made in school settings or elsewhere to enable key workers to continue to work? Uh, well, Llywydd, uh, largely because of those final two considerations, uh, the position of the four UK governments is that schools should remain open. Uh, and I'm not going to anticipate when that advice uh, might change, uh, because I don't think that is helpful to anybody. That advice remains under review at every meeting. The current position is clear. Schools are remaining open uh, in Wales, partly to make sure that key workers who otherwise would have to be diverted uh, into caring for their own children uh, are available to be in uh, clinical settings, partly because a sudden decision to close schools would leave those many pupils who depend upon a free school breakfast and a free school meal uh, vulnerable if schools were to remain closed over an extended period of time. Uh, what I can provide the member and other members with an assurance of is this, uh, that we are using the time that we have now while schools remain open in the way uh, they do to plan for the future. So if we reach uh, a point in the progress of this disease where closing schools becomes the right thing uh, to do, we will have arrangements in place that will meet the needs of those children who rely on a meal in school uh, for their general uh, welfare. Uh, we will have attended to the needs of uh, key workers. And there are a number of other very important considerations in relation to uh, schools. Those are actively under uh, consideration here in Wales uh, and elsewhere. 
For now, schools remain uh, open. That is the clear advice to parents. Unless your child has an underlying medical condition, which means they should be uh, at home, schools are open and available to them. Finally, as, as well as being a health risk, this is also developing into an extremely worrying time uh, financially for individuals and businesses. One small business in my constituency has already reported revenue losses of £120,000, a small business, as a direct result of the virus. Another sees costs and losses mounting for his business uh, to the extent that he can't uh, see how he can afford to buy food for himself for much longer. Scotland has a COVID-19 helpline dedicated to a business. Can we, as a matter of urgency, uh, have one uh, in Wales? Uh, we should be following the lead of President Macron, I think, uh, who has promised that no business will go under because of COVID-19. Um, I know you will be in agreement with me that the UK government uh, should provide similar assurances. But if it delays, will you seek to act by, for example, asking for uh, long-term borrowing powers, access to Treasury uh, reserves. Businesses, uh, the self-employed, uh, workers in the gig economy, those on zero-hours contracts, there are many people feeling vulnerable or worse, and they now need more than ever to see firm and bold steps being taken by Welsh Government. I will thank uh, uh, Rina Pioreth for those further questions. There is a dedicated helpline for businesses here uh, in Wales. It is the Business Wales Telephone uh, helpline. We're using that helpline because it's already well known uh, in the sector. There's no need to find something separate and new and different. Use the Business Wales uh, helpline. It is set up to respond to people in these circumstances. On the wider uh, points, of course, I agree with the points that Rina Bureth uh, has made. Uh, the impact of coronavirus on our economy is uh, absolutely um, enormous. The efforts that are needed to combat it, to make sure that the economy remains solvent, that businesses that are viable today will still be viable after the crisis is over, and that individuals whose incomes are affected are provided with incomes now to see them through uh, the crisis. All of those are very important points. All of them are covered in the letter that I sent earlier today to the Chancellor of the Exchequer in advance of what we are promised will be his statement uh, later in the afternoon. Uh, this is classically the moment at which the levers that lie in the hands of the UK government, fiscal uh, levers as well as monetary uh, levers, are used and are used in a way that is commensurate with the scale of the challenge uh, that we face. Nobody wants a business that is viable today and will be viable afterwards to go out of business during uh, the crisis. Nobody wants a livelihood and a family that is thriving today not to be able to go on thriving the other side uh, of coronavirus. Uh, and it is to the UK government that we have to look to take the actions that will secure those futures. Leader of the Opposition, Paul Davis. Uh, First Minister, it's vitally important that we all put party politics uh, to one side and work together in the public interest as the threat of coronavirus increases. And so can I thank you for the ongoing briefings and communication on this matter? And can I make it absolutely clear that my colleagues and I will do all that we can to work with the government to tackle the spread of coronavirus uh, in Wales? 
Can I also uh, take this opportunity to thank frontline NHS staff for everything that they are doing and will do in the coming weeks and months to tackle this virus and to keep us all uh, safe. I'd also like to add my sincere condolences to the family and friends of the patient who died from COVID-19 in North Wales uh, as well. Now, like many members across this chamber, I've received calls and correspondence from worried constituents, organisations and businesses about how they minimise the impact that the virus may have on their families and livelihoods. And some people are justifiably worried and genuinely frightened. <coughs> I'm sure you're also aware of some of the unfortunate scenes in shops and supermarkets across the country where shelves were bare and customers were unable to pick essential items. First Minister, it's critical that governments at all levels do what they can to better reassure the public. But can you also tell us what steps the Welsh Government is taking to ensure that those people who are now self-isolating are able to get the essential items that they need on a regular basis? Uh, well, thank uh, Paul Davis for that. Uh, can I, too, uh, extend my sympathy to the family and friends of uh, the first person to die from coronavirus here uh, in Wales. Um, can I thank him and uh, Angela Burns as well for attending the meeting we had uh, yesterday, but also for the opportunities I've had over the last couple of weeks to discuss the unfolding uh, crisis with the Leader of the Opposition. Uh, I'm grateful for uh, his thoughts and advice during those uh, telephone calls. I completely agree with what he said. Uh, this is a, a crisis we will get through by working together across parties and across administrations, and my aim is to do uh, exactly that uh, whenever we are able uh, to do so. Uh, can I agree with him? Panic buying is not a solution to coronavirus, uh, and we have to urge our fellow citizens uh, to think about the consequences uh, of their actions. You know, any crisis brings out good and bad things uh, in people, doesn't it? And there's been an enormous uh, upswelling of generosity around coronavirus as well, with people volunteering to look after others, asking what they can do, wanting to find ways in which they can help to look after other people who are more vulnerable uh, than themselves. So we see all of that, uh, and yet sometimes people act in that sort of group way. They see other people doing things, they think they must copy what they see other people doing, and we end up with a problem that need never have happened in the first place. Uh, now, we are, to an extent, uh, well prepared for some of this because of the preparation that went on last year in the Brexit context. Had we left the European Union without uh, a deal, then there would inevitably have been impacts uh, on the supply of goods and services. Uh, and we have reactivated uh, the machinery that we had in those contexts to make sure that we are always well in touch with the retail industry and the, trans the logistics industry, and my colleague uh, Julie James issued a statement on this last week. The, the clear message from the sector is, is that provided people behave rationally, there is no shortage uh, of food uh, to go around. There is then the second question that Paul Davis raised about how we make sure that help can be given to those people uh, who will need to get food and other things because of the constraints on their own uh, behaviour. Uh, I want to uh, let him and other members know that we are working closely with our local authority colleagues, our colleagues in the third sector here in Wales, to make sure that we put a bit of a system around the offers of help 
that we know are there in Wales, so that people know where to go in order to access uh, the help that can be made available to them. We will be meeting tomorrow with representatives of those sectors, with community councils uh, as well. There are a series of organisations who have a part to play in making sure that help can be mobilised at that individual uh, level. We'll be bringing people around uh, the table, making sure that we're able to provide consistent and reliable advice to people in Wales as to how they can get that help with social circumstances while they're attending to the medical impact of the coronavirus. Now, First Minister, as the uh, number of cases of coronavirus continues to increase, so too does the demand for hospital treatment. And I know the Welsh Government has agreed a framework of action so that the health service can start accelerating its decision making. That framework will hopefully allow for services and beds to be reallocated and for staff to be redeployed and retrained in particular priority areas. At this stage, though, First Minister, can you specifically confirm the number of intensive care unit beds and high dependency beds Wales actually has in uh, operation? Can you also tell us what immediate discussions are taking place to consider alternative options to increase bed capacity should Wales become overwhelmed with serious cases? And how will the Welsh Government use any additional funding filtered down from uh, the UK Government to help increase the number of beds available to people affected by the coronavirus? Uh, well, thank Paul Davis. I want to give him a number uh, of critical care beds that we have here in Wales, but I want to make sure I give it to him uh, accurately. Uh, in my mind, the figure is 136, uh, but I'll confirm that uh, with him if I've uh, not remembered that. Uh, correctly, the health service already has uh, surge capacity, as it's called, for intensive care to double that number uh, of beds. That's part of the routine planning of the health service. But we know that even if you double the number uh, we have, it will not meet uh, the likely level of uh, requirement. So, of course, discussions are uh, going on with our intensive care colleagues about alternatives. Uh, ways in which uh, different sorts of decisions can be made to treat people who need that level of intervention in other parts of the hospital. Part of the reason for cancelling routine operations is, is that some of the equipment that you would need is often located in theatres uh, and can be uh, put to use uh, in that way. But in a way that I think Paul Davis was suggesting, it's a, it's a cascade, really, in order to create more capacity, the most intense end, you have to free capacity up all through uh, the system. I'm very grateful to our colleagues in local government in Wales uh, who are doing some very uh, important work to be able to free up capacity in the care home sector so that people who are in hospital beds in Wales today, ready to leave, there's no medical reason for them uh, to be there, uh, but there will be places for those people to go so we create capacity uh, in that way too. So right through the system, we need to find ways of moving people down the hierarchy of intervention in order to create capacity at the place where it may be most needed for those with the most intense conditions. Um, First Minister, I've previously raised the impact that coronavirus could have on Wales' social care sector <coughs> with you. And as the threat of the virus increases, it's more important than ever that those providing care to people living in care homes have access to the latest guidance and advice available. 
You quite rightly said that Wales' social care sector is dominated by small owners of one or two residential care homes and that getting messages out to people is a bigger challenge when you have larger numbers of people involved and people who may not necessarily be as attuned to dealing with demands as large companies who are well set up and equipped to do this. There is also the issue of those who need home carers and the risks of virus transmission to carers and their service users. Therefore, perhaps you can tell us a bit more about the dialogue that the government is having with the social care sector and how effective you think the government is at getting its messages out. Could you also provide some more information about the next stage of contingency planning that the Welsh Government has done to better safeguard those living in social care settings from coronavirus and whether there is capacity within the system for local authorities to effectively manage an outbreak of the virus at this point in time? And what additional uh, resources and assistance is the Welsh Government providing the sector so that those living in social care settings can be confident that they are as protected as possible? Uh, well, thank uh, Paul Lewis. Those are all very important uh, questions. Uh, he will know uh, that earlier this week, CIW, Care Inspectorate Wales, uh, announced that it was pausing routine inspections in the social uh, care uh, field uh, in order to make sure that frontline staff are able to concentrate on the job immediately at hand uh, and we are able to use the inspectorate which has contacts right across the sector to help us with the cascading uh, of messages as we are able to use Care Forum Wales and we're very grateful to, uh, to the forum uh, for the work that it is doing to make sure that key messages are made available not just to big providers uh, but to the much wider number of small providers of residential care uh, services. Leader of the Opposition makes a very important point about domiciliary uh, care. Uh, and it, it's a, you know, I, I can't answer questions this afternoon, Llawydd, uh, and simply provide assurances uh, that everything will be fine everywhere, uh, because that is just not the reality uh, of coronavirus. Uh, and we already know that some of the measures, the, the correct measures that have been uh, agreed across the United Kingdom in terms of self-isolation, that that hasn't had an impact on the workforce in domiciliary care. Fewer people turning up uh, to do these important uh, jobs. But we are in very direct uh, conversation with the sector and with local authorities uh, and know that the sector is working hard to prioritise uh, the calls it has to make with the available workforce uh, that it has, and that is part of our ongoing conversation with local uh, authorities, uh, as is the help that we will be able to provide them. I uh, haven't mentioned this afternoon as yet, though, with the anticipated emergency bill uh, that we expect to see published on Thursday of this week. It will provide powers uh, to Welsh ministers that will lift some of the current uh, regulatory requirements from uh, the sector uh, and allow them to respond to the crisis in, in a way that has greater flexibility than would otherwise uh, be the case. And we will look to make use of those powers here in Wales in close consultation with the sector itself. On behalf of the Brexit Party, Caroline Jones. We would also like to place on record our thanks to all staff in the NHS and beyond who are striving to work through this time. And I'd like to thank you, First Minister, for the briefings you are providing, and you can be assured of our ongoing support. 
Also, we send out condolences to the family and friends of the person who has passed due to this virus. First Minister, we, we are seeing the impact COVID-19 is having on society, we are now beginning to see. My colleague Mark Reckless is in self-isolation due to developing symptoms consistent with the disease. So, in the meantime, if you put up with me asking leaders questions, I would be grateful. First Minister, we have a small window of opportunity to control the path of this disease that is wreaking havoc around the globe. The best course we can take is to follow the advice of medical experts. And I, for one, am comforted that the four nations of the UK are working together on our strategy, follow, following the advice of epidemiologists. The advice to stay at home for 14 days if anyone in your household has symptoms is aimed at curbing the spread of this disease, which modelling predicts could be as much as 80% of our population. While I accept that we simply don't have the resources to test everyone and that widespread testing would divert vital resource away from assisting those at greatest need, <coughs> we do have to ensure we maintain testing for essential key workers. First Minister, we can't afford to have hundreds, possibly thousands of key staff in self-isolation. Will you therefore commit to ensure that priority testing is carried out on family members and staff working in our hospitals, our care homes and our schools, our prisons also, the police, fire and ambulance services? These people are vital to the functioning of our society and we can't afford to lose, to lose them unless they have a confirmed exposure to SARS-CoV-2. Well, I thank Karen Jones for those questions. Thank her too for attending the meeting we held uh, yesterday. Uh, shall we then one time show on behalf of other members too, to pass uh, our best wishes to our colleagues uh, in all parties who find themselves caught up by the advice provided yesterday and who aren't able to be with us uh, in the chamber this afternoon. Uh, as far as testing uh, is concerned, as I said earlier, there will be advice today that will extend testing to key workers in clinical roles. Uh, as capacity develops, uh, the plan will be to see whether there are further groups who can be added to that testing regime. But the reason for beginning with people in key clinical roles is the point that Caroline Jones made, that we need those people to be in work, uh, doing the vital things that only they uh, can do, and if testing accelerates their return to the workplace in that way, then that's why that regime will be put in place. Thank you, First Minister. Um, I'd like to stay with the idea, uh, the issue of testing, if I may. The World Health Organization have said test, test, test. And I accept the rationale for not testing every case at this stage. But do you have a strategy uh, for ramping up testing facilities in the coming months? Um, this is a totally new virus of which we know very little. And the more data we can collect and collate, the more equipped we are to deal with it. Unfortunately, this virus is not going away anytime soon. We are still dealing with SARS nearly 20 years after it first emerged. Um, a vaccine for COVID-19 would be another 18 months to two years away. So in the absence of a vaccine, we need to better understand the life cycle of this virus 
Um, and for that, we need accurate data on the numbers actually infected, the numbers of infected, uh, the numbers of infected who are who were asymptomatic, and sadly, the mortality um, of the disease. Our future plans depend upon accurate testing. Uh, First Minister, are your government planning on conducting wide-scale ser serologic testing once we are over the peak of this outbreak and once the test being developed by Public Health England is available? Okay. Uh, well, again, thank Karen Johnson. I think she made a very important point, Llywydd, about the fact that our understanding of this disease is developing all the time. Uh, learning from experience elsewhere in the world as well as experience domestically. Uh, and that's why uh, I re repeat it and say it again this afternoon, Llywydd, that the approach we are taking uh, as governments across the United Kingdom is to try to make the right decision at the right time. Because the timing of interventions and, uh, is really important here. And strategies will alter uh, at different times in the progress uh, of the disease. Our strategy uh, is the one that uh, Caroline Jones uh, set out at the start of her supplementary question, which is to be guided by the advice of our chief medical officers and of the scientific uh, group that deals with uh, emergencies of this sort. Uh, their current advice is the advice we are following today in Wales. If, as further information develops, as we learn uh, more, their advice is that a different decision at a different point is necessary, of course we will follow that advice. I can't anticipate it. I don't know what that advice will be at different points, but I want people in Wales to know that what we will be doing will be to follow the best advice available to us and then to implement it here. Question Question three has been withdrawn. Question four, Cadwyn Jones. First Minister, what assessment has the Welsh Government made of the impact of the coronavirus in Wales? Uh, thank uh, the member for that question. As the global coronavirus pandemic unfolds, our priority is to keep people safe while minimising the social and economic impact of the disease based on the scientific evidence. The Health Minister has made regular written and oral statements on coronavirus and will make a further statement to the Chamber this afternoon. I thank the First Minister for that uh, answer. The statement this morning from the Welsh Government was very welcome as far as business was concerned. Uh, if I were a business, First Minister, where would I go uh, looking? Uh, who would I speak to in order to access the uh, package of support that was announced this morning? Well, uh, thank uh, Karen Jones uh, for that, because it allows me to make that very important point that we have a single point of entry for that advice uh, here in Wales, and that is to use the Business Wales service. Uh, that's the number to use, that's the place to go. Behind that number, of course, uh, lies a whole plethora of different uh, advice and different uh, measures that can be taken to help businesses here uh, in Wales. In addition to all the uh, meetings that my colleague Ken Skates is holding with representative uh, bodies this week, I know that he has been working with the Development Bank uh, of Wales to make sure that they respond flexibly uh, to people who uh, rely on loans and credit uh, from them. Uh, we know that businesses in Wales will have access to uh, the services of the British Business Bank 
uh, and uh, new possibilities that have been uh, outlined there by the Chancellor uh, of the Exchequer. Uh, we are looking uh, very much to the UK Government uh, and the statement that we are expecting later today for further support to businesses to allow them to survive through the difficult weeks and months uh, ahead so that they and those people who rely on them for an income emerge the other side of co coronavirus, able to pick up their lives again and get on uh, with making a success of them. Darren Miller. First Minister, one of the industries which is likely to be hit significantly as a result of falling visitor numbers is our tourism uh, industry. It plays a huge role in the economy, particularly in North, Mid uh, and West Wales. Uh, and of course, it's absolutely vital that we do what we can to protect those businesses that might be adversely uh, affected and indeed the many jobs in those uh, businesses uh, on which so many families' livelihoods uh, depend. Uh, some of the businesses in the tourism industry may be slightly larger than some of the exemptions which have already been announced uh, in the business rates regime. Um, uh, for example, there are unique businesses like Piers, uh, whereby the business rate uh, uh, support which has thus far been uh, announced will not be eligible for them, even though there are many smaller <coughs> businesses which, which perhaps are located uh, on those piers. I wonder whether you will uh, be able to accommodate uh, what are sometimes unusual arrangements uh, within the tourism industry, given the uh, importance of it to the Welsh economy, uh, in order that additional support can perhaps be made available to uh, businesses with those sorts of unusual arrangements? Well, uh, thank the member for those important points. He's quite right. You know, the tourism uh, industry is of particular significance uh, in Wales as part of our economy and uh, as a sector that employs so many people. In my letter to the Chancellor earlier today, I urged him to take an approach to supporting businesses across the United Kingdom that recognise the concentration of particular sectors in particular uh, places. Uh, as far as uh, the point he makes about uh, businesses that don't fit necessarily the normal uh, profile of uh, the sector, uh, we provided local authorities uh, with additional funds last year so that they can use for discretionary rate relief uh, purposes because sometimes it's the local authority closest to those unusual businesses that are able to make uh, those decisions. We will bear uh, that in mind and the points that he has made this afternoon when we come to uh, make decisions about the deployment of the £100 million that we are yet to determine from the sums that came to Wales from the budget last week. Dyloid. As regards uh, coronavirus, um, health demographics are very different here in Wales uh, compared to, well, even England, in terms of far higher percentage of elderly population here in Wales, in terms of far higher percentage of people with COPD and other chronic diseases here in Wales compared to England, and in terms of far fewer intensive care unit beds per head of population here, even compared to England, that also suffers adversely in comparison with other European countries and in terms of far fewer intensive care doctors per head of population here, far fewer than England and far fewer than Italy, that is enduring an absolute Armageddon at the moment of 400 deaths per day and far fewer ventilators and a lack of protective clothing and masks in general practice as elsewhere. So the reality is we are on a war footing now Wales faces huge challenge. 
with fewer resources than even England. We need dedicated isolation wards now. I can think of only one ward in Wales at the moment that we can use as COVID isolation. I see exhausted medical and nursing staff now who will be asked to make horrendous decisions very shortly as regards who gets ventilated and who does not get ventilated because we haven't got the ventilators. So, we are three weeks behind Italy. Can I ask how the First Minister is leading the charge here to specifically equip our NHS and our frontline staff to meet this greatest peacetime challenge facing Wales? Well, I agree with uh, Dr Lloyd about the human toll that coronavirus uh, will take and the pressures already faced by people working uh, in the sector. Uh, but I think it's very important uh, that we say to them and to people who will be anxious about what the coming weeks will bring that the efforts that are being made across the United Kingdom are designed to affect the progress of the disease so that the demand on the health service is smoothed as much uh, as we can uh, to make the demand on our health services, uh, both the physical equipment, uh, but also the human uh, resources of the health service, to be able to make that as manageable as it can be. Uh, and we have huge uh, pluses here uh, in Wales, as well as challenges uh, in the dedication and the determination uh, of our staff. Uh, of the willingness of our population to take those collective actions that will make the greatest uh, difference. So, in the difficult days that are ahead, we have to find ways of making the most of the assets uh, that we have, to take the right decisions that individually as well as collectively we can all take, because in that way, together, we will make the biggest difference and make the impact of this disease uh, as capable of being managed uh, as possible. Question... Question five, Mark Isherwood. Uh, how is the Welsh Government uh, giving support for people with neurodiverse conditions in Wales? Uh, thank the Member for that question. Support for people with neurodiverse conditions continues to develop through, for example, the Integrated Autism Service. A demand and capacity review of neurodevelopmental services is underway. A statutory code of practice on the delivery of autism services will be published for consultation in April. Uh, thank you. Um, given the circumstances, I'll postpone the question I was going to ask you and instead put a question to you I've received from the Independent Diversity Advisor, who's the force coordinator for the National Police Autism Association in North Wales and who works with the North Wales Integrated Autism Service, developing and delivering training, and who's also an independent autism rights campaigner. And he said that as part of his advisory work with Betsy Cadwalder University Health Board, he suggested uh, what he regards as a simple idea to help with the coronavirus, COVID-19, um, which would be producing a printable A4 sheet for people to put in their window or their gate to let others know they're in isolation, to allow others, such as delivery people, know they need to be extra vigilant and also let other callers know that they should uh, find another way of contacting the person. Um, I wonder how you, how you would respond to that question, um, which he, it was just to him, he referred to an assembly member uh, for raising here. 
Uh, well, grateful to Mark Isherwood and for the person who has contacted uh, him. I think all ideas uh, are uh, welcome and need to be considered uh, on their merits. Uh, I'm sure we would want to take advice on that uh, particular idea, for example, from uh, police services uh, as to whether they would regard it as advisable to have uh, a sign in your window that says old, vulnerable and alone. Uh, I know that isn't the intention of the notice at all, but uh, you can see how it could be read uh, by others with uh, less benign intentions uh, than the person who, who made the suggestion. So I'm very grateful for the suggestion. I think it's great that people use their experience and their expertise to put ideas to us. We would need to test them uh, with others to make sure that they weren't unintended uh, downsides uh, to the ideas that might make them less advisable than they first appeared. Question Questions 6, 7, 8 and 9 have been withdrawn. Finally, question 10, Jack Sargent. Uh, how is the First Minister ensuring that the Welsh Government-funded services promote kinder communities? Uh, can I thank Jack Sargent for that. Uh, so amongst the measures the Welsh Government is taking has been the publication of our first loneliness and social isolation strategy, Connected Communities. This is supported by £1.4 million over three years, beginning in the next financial year. It highlights the importance of kindness in reducing the feelings of loneliness and social isolation. Uh, thank you for that answer, First Minister. As you know, this is a subject that we've discussed uh, before, but kindness is not a vague concept, but it's actually key to how services are delivered. Are delivered. It's about ensuring that individual circumstances are taken into account when they interact with the state. And I too would like to put on my record and thanks to all those public service workers who are helping us through this tough time. First Minister, we must ensure people, that providing, people providing services have the freedom to recognise and support appropriately. This is particularly the case when interacting, interacting with residents who have suffered adver adverse childhood experiences. We know that they could have real difficulty interacting with authority. So, First Minister, these are extraordinary times. People have lost their homes due to the flooding, and now we face the incredible uncertainty of coronavirus. How can we ensure that they don't experience conflict when members of the public interact with public services and they don't feel left behind, and that public service leaders ensure that empathy is key to service delivery? Can I uh, thank Jack Sargent uh, for that, and to thank him uh, for the regular ways in which he takes the opportunity to make these points to the Senate. Uh, and he is surely right, Lawe, that ever, if ever kindness were needed, uh, it's going to be needed by us all uh, over the testing weeks ahead. Uh, and that will be challenging, uh, because people who provide our public services are just as much uh, under pressure as people who use them. And in our different ways, we are all providers of services on the one hand and users of services ourselves uh, on others. Uh, and I think the simple message, and it's one I've heard uh, Jack uh, use uh, himself before, is that we need to think always of ourselves in both capacities. Uh, if we are using a service, we need to think of how we would wish someone who is using our services to behave. Uh, and if we're providing a service, we need to think about how the person using our service uh, would themselves uh, wish that service to be uh, provided. And if we do it that way, uh, with the empathy 
uh, that Jack mentioned at the end of his question, uh, then there is an opportunity uh, there for us all to try to uh, ground the actions we each take in that sense of wanting to respond to the unique qualities of the human being in front of us uh, and to make kindness uh, at the centre of that interaction. I thank the First Minister.